Ho, ho, ho! It's me, Santa Claus! I'm here to talk to you because Nathan and AJ are busy in their own little workshop putting together the most ambitious holiday special yet. They'll be back in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, I wanted all you good little boys and girls out there to have something to listen to this week. So I talked to Nathan and AJ and convinced them to release one of their favorite episodes from behind the paywall. You, if you like this, go to patreon.com slash we don't have a podcast yet and sign up to support the show. Oh no, Mrs. Claus is home. She hears me recording this message. This is so embarrassing. Ho, ho, ho. Hello. Hello. And welcome to the Time Garage, a sleep podcast. Are you? I'm are, your host. That's your other I'm, host. I'm the other host. Our names aren't important. Are you asleep yet? What's important is you're going to meet the Sandman. <laughs> you know, you've got your blanket and your pillow inside of your time car which is nestled ever so snugly inside of the time garage in the time garage there's a blanket that pulls up over the car and the new tires go on a little pillow and then there's a big alarm clock for the for the car and it's time for the car to wake up The car's mom will come in in the morning and be like, Get out of bed, you lazy bones. It's time to eat your car She gets madder and madder. Cars eat with their mouth, which is under the hood. Sometimes it's the bumper. Sometimes it's the hood seems backwards a, a car eating eating with its bumper is like shoving food up a car's butt well I meant the front bumper oh but that's okay I meant the back bumper the butt bumper <clears throat> I hope you're relaxed thinking about that car putting a car oatmeal mm-hmm. in his car butt it's not time for the car oatmeal right now, though. It's time for the car bedtime. You know what helps my car it's go to sleep? It's time for the car to go to bed. Oh, yeah. What's that? Uh, singing softly to it. Songs about uh, oh. all, the, all the fun that my car had during its day. Oh, what kind of stuff did your car get oh. into? Uh, well, do you remember when you... When, when you uh, Ran over that curb, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. That wasn't very much fun. Mm. But remember when I really opened you up on that straightaway and we got up to 120 miles an hour? That was fun, too. And then we hit that uh, deer. And it was time for the deer to go to sleep, too. Just like the deer, now it's time for us in our time cars go to sleep and when we sleep that's when our cars travel back in time mm-hmm. today's of your and as you're falling asleep I want you to relax your arms and your legs feel the relaxation travel out to your tips of your fingers and your toes and I want you to take your right hand and I want you to wave it in front of you Make sure that there's not a steering wheel there, because if you're falling asleep in the real car, that's a problem. <laughs> this is a test. Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. The fumes. They're seeping in. Don't let your mind wander to thoughts of Napoleon Bonaparte driving a Chevy Cavalier. Now's not the time for that nonsense. 
You have to get out of there. It's poison gas filling the room. All right, now for the everyone else. That that was for hopefully a very small it's, percentage of, of our listenership. That's right. Now we've got all the phonies out. Now we can get down to business. Where is the time car going today? Wherever it wants. Should we ask the time car oh, where it okay. would like to go? Let's ask the time car. Time car? Time car. Where... Where would you like to go? When would you like to be? <laughs> now, do you think that it's a problem for the time car to try and imagine? What if he wants to travel back in time to a time before cars? I think that's mostly where he'd uh, like to go. Can you imagine how beneficial the time car could be to those poor carless people in the Stone Age and Bronze Age and mm. just generally pre-industrial era Earth. You imagine a caveman in a monster truck? Oh my goodness. That's where we're going today. <laughs> Hop into your time car. No. Today we're exploring what would happen if a caveman got a hold of Gravedigger. <laughs> We're traveling all the way back. Yeah. First and foremost, <laughs> the we would have times. to explain to the caveman uh, the wonders of the internal combustion engine. Because to this point, he's only known cars that uh, he had to push along with his own stubby legs. That's right. So we're going to have to... We're, we explained to the caveman about combustion, like fire... To the caveman, fire comes from the Thunderbird, who drops his glowing, jagged eggs onto the ground, igniting dry grasses and old deadwood. So this chariot runs on lightning, he says to you. <laughs> and I give him an affirmative nod that translates down through the eons. Cavemen also give each other thumbs up and high five. And all the cavemen do, they all turn to each other and high five. And then they all extend a hand out to you. And you run down the line of cavemen, high fiving every single mm -hmm. one every single high five as you run along the line of cavemen it makes great meaty slapping connection none of them feel weak and you're maintaining eye contact with each caveman not even looking down at your hand as you do it the cavemen as they watch you they become inspired they begin to stand up straighter they hunching shoulders push back and they're broad chests protrude out. Your high fives turn these Neanderthals into homo habilis. Mm. And now they're bringing out a big they have a big fire. And they have a brontosaurus and they cook him over the fire for you. A feast in your honor. At this point, have the cavemen uh, circled up, or are they still in one very, very long line from, from when I was high-fiving? Still in one long okay. line. goes all the way around so I, I would like to uh, run to the, the most distant caveman and give him my brontosaurus meat, because I, I feel like he must be most hungry of all, because he walked so far away. It's truly... And, and lo, AJ says unto thee, caveman, truly the last shall be the first mm -hmm. to get a helping of Brontosaurus barbecue. <laughs> I, th I think that he should get the rib tips. It's a good part. And so he shall. Forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> 
I think uh, I think we've gotten things now started we get... well uh, in this uh, excursion through the time garage. Yeah, let's hop back in the time car. Where are we going next? Hmm. Now, now is the time car? Uh, can it uh, shift its corporeal form? What can? No, it remains. It, does, well, does it remain Grave Digger, or could it possibly be any? Oh, car? that's right! I forgot. It's Grave Digger. We just explained it to the caveman. We didn't even take him for a ride or anything. Probably would have been too much. They, uh... <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what was most important to me was uh, the high fives that everybody got part of the brontosaurus and uh, that they were impressed with my bitch and ride. Yeah. I'm afraid it has to remain grave digger. Okay. You knew the rules when you signed up for this. I chose Grave Digger, but it also feels like Grave Digger chose me. Mm. So, the clock, it travels forward millions and millions of years until finally we arrive at the year zero or one I guess it's a it's a cold December 24th and no one's calling it Christmas Eve on this no. night they they haven't even officially no it's just another uh, named uh, this year one yet because uh you know, they 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 they, they, don't they, know they didn't know about, about calendars yet. That that hadn't been invented. They were like, "Boy, it's weird how the years they're counting down here in BC times, mm-hmm. huh? What do you think's gonna happen when we get to the end of these numbers? What's the deal with that? It's a little bit ominous, don't you think?" What's the deal with this calendar? Do you think that uh, year one uh, Jerry Seinfeld was uh, permitted to speak truth to power? Could could he rip on Herod and get away with it? <clears throat> um, yes, actually, Herod and, and year one Jerry Seinfeld were good friends. And both... Uh, feared the birth of Christ for the same reason both being scared of being dethroned as the king of the Jews (laughs) and so behind the wheel of Gravedigger you descend on the little town of Bethlehem and I do some donuts there. <laughs> we just tear around, just doing bitchin' donuts all around a shepherd's field. Shepherds are getting totally douche with mud. You laugh and laugh. Snagglepuss is there riding shotgun. He's laughing too. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps saying, Exit stage left even, and so I keep doing left, and 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 more and more donuts are had. But then you spy a bright light in the night sky. It's the Christmas star, and what's this? Three wise men. On camels, they've traveled from the Orient to come see the little Lord King. You do sick burnout and totally douche them with mud, too. (laughs) You're really making up for forgetting about the car being Gravedigger when you were in caveman time. it's true. Everybody's just getting douched with mud. 
<laughs> that's it's uh I, I I do believe at one point in time uh it was down to we're either gonna name this this wonderful truck Grave Digger or the Mud Douche. And they, they went with Grave Digger. <laughs> Some something gets a mistake. I'm, I'm not one of them. I, I, well, I think that uh, giving a, like a such a somber name to such an imposing vehicle uh, inspires awe. Hmm. Mud douche does not inspire awe. It's just a visceral fun. Yeah. It's a little tacky. Our work here is done. <laughs> We're getting back into the those time those car. those magi are uh, fully douched. Our work here is done. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got what we came for. <laughs> and away we go <laughs> to the Renaissance. Oh, it was a hard time. We, we had Robin Hood and Little John and the, and all the monks. But now the Enlightenment is here. People are doing... They're doing a lot of uh, fancy sculptures and paintings. Are they, are they nudie? Nudie pictures? And you know what? They are because of a newfound fascination with the internal workings of human anatomy. It's that's right. It's Leonardo da Vinci. He needs to study. He needs to steal cadavers, as the Catholic Church still rules supreme during the Renaissance, and it's frowned on to desecrate a dead body, but. Da Vinci needs those bodies, and here we are. I would like to. We've got a truck called the Grave Digger. <laughs> now, thus far, we've only used our Grave Digger to uh, douche suckers with uh, mud. Um, are we going to use use the truck to? For violent, are we, are we going to use the grave digger as a as a as a weapon? Uh, a weapon? No. Violent? Yes. As everything that the grave digger does is violent, it doesn't make it any less artistic. <clears throat> Some could say that you know Rob Zombie's music is both artistic and violent and just like Rob Zombie we are going to be digging through the ditches and burning <laughs> through the witches and we're gonna we're gonna take Leo along for the ride that's right we're taking him with Leonardo da Vinci he, he hops in we tell Snagglepuss to sit tight in, during the renaissance yeah. he fits in there He meets up with Shakespeare. They have a grand old time just exiting the yeah. stage to the left <laughs> yeah. and to the right. <laughs> Shakespeare sets him up and Snagglepuss knocks him down. He follows those stage directions. He's made for that frilly collar. And so Leonardo da Vinci hops in, hops into the shotgun seat of Gravedigger, and he straps on. He's got like one of those real fancy harnesses for, you know, racing or whatever, where it's like suspenders. There's a seatbelt on both sides. That way, if, if we take a spill, he'll be fine. That's, and that's... We, we tear ass through an old cemetery. Ooh. Just drop it into a, into 
into the four low setting on the all-wheel drive shifter. Do you and think then we're that just the... gonna let Gravedigger do what he does best? <laughs> dig up all those corpses for Leonardo da Vinci to study their fats and muscles and sinews and he'll look at all the little uh, penises and vaginas mm. and learn how to draw them exactly wrong <laughs> all of the time. Now I believe it's very important that we're uh, getting Leonardo da Vinci the education that he needs. Uh, but I secretly hope that his experience with Gravedigger allows him to design a cooler mo mode of transport than his helicopter, which would not work. Perhaps we could get a design oh. for a Renaissance-era monster truck instead. Maybe we get Leonardo DiCaprio to mm -hmm. attach a, kind of a weird uh, paper and wood corkscrew whirly bird uh, attachment to the top of Gravedigger and then like some paper bat wings on the sides. Oh. So that the Gravedigger can take to the skies. Now that is... That is a wonderful thought, because until now, we were beholden to some very shitty, shitty roads. And in caveman times, there were no roads. Now where we're going, we won't need roads. Because mm -hmm. we have shitty whirly bird bat wing flap em ups Getting a corkscrew on the yeah. top. Leonardo also installs pedals because we forgot to explain about combustion to him. And so the people of the Renaissance are sadly deprived of internal combustion. We could have given it to them, but we were... Well, in a, in a sense... We weren't bothered to... We did. We, we put oh, that spark ahead. in that, that uh, first caveman's mind. So... Uh, Throughout human history, uh, our influence is known. It's it's just been percolating. It takes mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. I mean, they these these fellas had to crawl uh, so that we could fly and grave digger. <laughs> now we're heading back. Back into the time, Gravedigger. We're traveling forward, forward. It's the 1400s. Spain and Portugal are in a bitter battle for supremacy of the seas. A man named Vasco da Gama is friends with Christopher Columbus. They have a friendly rival is about to become a little less friendly. That's right. Christopher Columbus believes that he could sail all the way to India by going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. They have a bet, and they start from the same point. Da Gama goes west. Columbus goes east. They plan to meet in the middle. Columbus chose wisely as it was mostly land to the west. <laughs> He's inspired by the vision the of a like... bat-winged flying truck to make a boat with wheels. He tries, he just, he gets about 12 feet in <laughs> and the whole thing just tips over. Oh, that's, that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess. The winds of change are a-blowin'. Poor Da Gama, expecting to meet me in the middle, will inevitably have to circumnavigate he the just, globe. He sailed directly inland to <laughs> Barcelona. He's just having some uh, 
But what do they have in Barcelona? They're probably drinking wine, right? That wine country. I know they have, uh... Don't they have, uh... Sangria? The bulls. Sangria. Um... A lot of muggings, I hear. All the things that Ernest Hemingway loved. <laughs> but the time for that is not now. So imagine you're you're in Gravedigger, and it's 1400 Spain, and you're just doing donuts. Again. Burn, burn, doing burnouts, rolling coal all over King Ferdinand. Does Ferdinand look like a, a little, little, you know, insignificant nothing? Uh, is uh, Isabella embarrassed to be seen with him now? Have I fully shamed him? They you they invite you and your wonderful contraption to their court and you invite them to look right into the smokestacks and then you just drop it into neutral give it a good rev let them taste diesel I I know that they want to steal grave digger I wasn't born yesterday their hair is blown back and their faces are covered in soot Except for their eyes. Oh, they say. And then you tear ass yeah. out of there. You hook a winch up to the Vasco da Gama's boat. It's stuck on the beach. And you pull it out. You turn him around. You say, hey, the new world is that away, man. And he says, Mamma mia. It was the first time anyone had ever said that. No, Dakama, I'm not your mother. I'm the pilot of Gravedigger, motherfucker. (laughs) Then I slap him on his ass and send him on his way. Our work here is done. I just realized, though. And so it's time to depart. 15th century Spain. Okay. What? Oh, it's... What did, no, it's what did it's in forget? the past. Don't worry about it. Oh, <laughs> Snagglepuss. We forgot him. He's happier there. <laughs> All right. So now we're departing 15th century Spain. Um, are but are we before. dropping off? A guy comes up to you <laughs> with a gun and he says, hey, give me your wallet. And you have to do it. Okay. You think about how you should have purchased traveler's checks before going on a time journey with the... Is it worth trying to explain to the the mugger that I have space dollars and uh, they are no good to him? No, he uh, accuses you of being uh, a traveling circus homosexual. Has he seen my truck? And it doesn't help. He thinks it's a sea monster. Okay. That's that works for me. We have to we have to listen, we have to meet violence with violence. We're we're taking out a switchblade and we're swinging it at him. Just wild swings. It's enough to frighten him away. And now we're leaving in Gravedigger, Gravedigger's giant wood and paper corkscrew top. Words into action as its little paper bat wings flap and flap, lifting us up, up, up into the air. Down, down below in an infinite sea of wine, dark ocean, two little spots on the horizon. Why it's Christopher and Vasco racing to see who will be the first to ruin the entire other hemisphere <laughs> of the planet. 
Do you think that we should drop off Leonardo with boys. them? Do you think they'd be good buddies to him? Oh, yeah, we forgot about him. Huh? He's been so quiet. He's still in the truck. Yeah. He's he's such oh, he's such yeah, a okay. good little traveler. He's got he's got his book back there and nary a peep. Just visions of, of, of all those uh, vivisected bodies uh, dancing in his head. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's got he's he he's got his own little uh, Kindle fire. He's just been watching YouTube. He's really into damn TDM. Well, enough of that. <clears throat> Go hang out with the boat boys now. <laughs> All right. So now we're moving forward. It's the year 1776. We land on Plymouth Rock. Gravedigger hits the rock a little too hard. We've cracked the radiator. On Plymouth Rock. We're gonna be stuck here a while. It doesn't look good. We're gonna. Just then, you see a friendly gentleman in a tricorn hat. I say, Tally Ho, good sir. Are you the British? He said, That sounded British. Are you British? No, no. I'm man. supposed to be looking for certain for certain kind of people to be coming. I tell him I'm I'm, I'm looking for his no, local blacksmith. Explain. You know. I've, I've got to fix this radiator. Gravedigger's my baby. He says, well, I'm a silversmith. Could I be of assistance? That's, I, that's close enough, right? Don't, wouldn't you think? I think if the bumper is the mouth of the car, then the radiator is the teeth. And sometimes they replace teeth with silver. Though not Paul Revere's time. Mostly it was the teeth of cadavers hmm. well we, we've, we've already explained to a caveman the wonders of the internal combustion engine maybe we can explain to Paul Revere uh, the wonders of uh, silver teeth you know cosmetic dentistry that's right but how can we discourage them from just stealing more teeth from cadavers. Maybe it's time to do the one thing that we never thought we'd do and become grave filler. <laughs> We're just shoveling dirt onto those graves, covering up those cadavers. No, no, we explain. Werewolves and vampires aren't real. Their fingernails and teeth just continue to grow sometimes after the body dies. We fill in all the graves, being extra careful to place a little bell on each one. Now I wonder, it is creepy that the fingernails and toenails continue to grow. Why not just uh, snip the tips? Cut them off at the pass? Where you're going, you know, like you aren't going to need get those rid fingers. of fingertips. Yeah, you, you can't take your fingers with you. Oh, I I thought you meant before you die. Prevent all hair and fingernails from growing by, I guess, cutting the ends of your fingers and the top of your head off. Yeah, just just your scalp. Just Rip scalp it off. Part. It's not going to hurt at all. We spend several hours hanging out with Paul Revere and trying to explain how to make teeth out of silver. If only we'd thought to look up how to make teeth out of silver before we left on our time voyage, we think to ourselves. He's actually 
probably got a better idea about how to make a silver tooth than I do. I'm... I'm future-splaining to Paul Revere. He's a silver genius. I feel like a complete asshole. But I, I, I've got Gravedigger for that. <laughs> Gravedigger takes all of my bad feelings away and you know, fills me with, with good truck feelings. Paul Revere, he creates the first silver tooth and he gives it to his good friend, General George Washington. Just one of his front teeth is now gleaming silver. As he charges into battle, the light seems to yeah. glint off of his one silver tooth. It, it, uh, it brings about the phrase, don't fire until you see the gleam of their silver teeth. The Battle of Bunker Hill, they were low on ammo, but high on uh, dental fashion. They say that at Bunker Hill, some of those boys took out their silver teeth and fired them from their guns. They say that's what led to them winning the Battle of Bunker Hill. That's right. Oh no, we've mastered <laughs> the timeline. I'm not too worried about it. Oh, how will this play These out? things tend to work themselves out. That's, yeah. Now, as it's, long as Gravedigger doesn't uh, begin to fade out of existence, I think we're going to be fine. <laughs> no, no, we... We're sitting on the beach, and we're watching as Paul Revere finishes replacing the radiator on Gravedigger with a beautiful silver radiator. It's gleaming like George Washington's one tooth. <laughs> well, fellas, thanks for all your help, he says. And we say, no, no, thank you, Paul Revere. And we hope that someday people remember what you did and he says the silver tooth thing and we go oh no the other thing where you uh, warned everybody about the British and he says I never did that I was learning about silver teeth <laughs> oh no <laughs> we've done it again oh. we think to ourselves we gotta get out of here you win some we hop you in the grave digger yeah. Back into the grave digger. Forward again in time. All the way to the year 1865. April 15th of 1865, to be precise. Are we going to be taking in a a play? <laughs> a, a, yes, okay. that's right. I, I love the art. A Ford's Theater. It's called Our American Cousin. Does it have monster trucks in it? It will tonight. They say that the, the president himself has come to take in a play. Sunday, Sunday, just... Sunday. Our American cousin meets Gravedigger. We're just having a cigarette out in the alley. And the director of the play is like, You there? And we're like, Huh? Us? And he goes, No. You there, and he points up to Gravedigger. Says the star of our play just just called in sick. Have you ever acted before? And we say that's a truck. Yeah, but I I don't care what country he's from. He's my new lead actor. Yeah, and I, I've got to let him do it. I can't stand in the way of my 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 best bud. Uh, 
getting his big break. And so we take our seats in the in the box opposite the United States president. And we watch this our Is he paying attention to us? Truck. Is he paying attention to us? No, all eyes are on Gravedigger oh, as the as, curtain as I just, how cool would oh, it be if I could blow just... Abraham Lincoln a kiss and he caught it? But that's okay. We could try. Yeah. We're just blowing him kisses the yeah. entire time. Yeah. We're not even watching the play. <laughs> our truck, we should be so proud. Our truck is the star of our American cousin. But instead, we're just blowing kisses, just trying to get the president to make eye contact. Too much of an opportunity. Uh, I am going to, of course, tell Gravedigger that uh, he was amazing. And I'm going to throw flowers on the stage and hoot and holler and make a big fuss. But yeah, I'm not paying attention to this shit. The play is wonderful, and everyone... Everyone but us is enraptured. Just stark, silent. No one moves a muscle. No one seems to be breathing until the final curtain. And then thunderous applause. They're like, who is this virtuoso? Who is this new great thespian? We must know his name. But Gravedigger has quietly and modestly slipped out the back. Never to be known. <laughs> Years from now, an aged Abraham Lincoln lies on his deathbed. <laughs> I have but one regret, Mary Todd. It was that I never got the name of that amazing actor. The one with very large black round shoes. With the words Gravedigger painted along his flanks. <laughs> if only I could crack the case. <laughs> the mysterious actor with Gravedigger painted on his sides. But, uh, pity poor John Wilkes Booth, who sat in awed wonder and terrible pain as he saw the one actor who could outact him the greatest American thespian of his time it's a true Amadeus moment ruined him it's a shame <laughs> And we're jumping back, back into the grave digger. And up, up, and away we go. Forward again through time. Before we reach our destination, uh, I'd like to ask you a question. Okay. Who do you think is better at following stage directions, grave digger or snagglepuss? Clearly, Gravedigger. Snagglepuss only likes to do the X. Snagglepuss. He's just, yeah. Sometimes you're supposed to stay. Deliver a monologue. All he does is exit. Sometimes you have to not just read between the lines, but read the lines that are in the play, Snagglepuss. I mean, everybody loves the stage directions, but there is an implicit direction that you stand still and, and deliver those lines. Like Gravedigger. And so, we turn the time knob that we didn't mention until now on the dashboard of Gravedigger. 
and it's forward again. Forward all the way to June of 1944. A desolate beach in Normandy, <laughs> littered with razor wire and landmines on the on the horizon. A fleet of small box-like boats creeping into the beach. It's the D-Day invasion. And we're on the beach doing bitchin' donuts. Just trying to do our all to uh, inspire our troops. We're running up and down that beach. We got a 20-foot American flag flying out the back. It's got the wrong number of stars because Hawaii hasn't become a state yet. But everyone just assumes that it's to honor Hawaii because of what what the Japanese did to him. Yeah, let's do it, says a guy from Brooklyn, who everyone calls Brooklyn. We're going to do it for the for old Lady Liberty. He's immediately mowed down <laughs> by Jimmy Sherman machine gun fire. <laughs> Gone, but not forgotten. Grave digger. We'll, we'll dig, dig him a grave. It's easy in the sand. <laughs> grave digger gets to work. <laughs> Digging graves for all those brave boys named Brooklyn. There's one guy named Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Where's he from? Nobody's sure yeah. where he's from. <laughs> it's a mystery. Maybe Brooklyn, we're not sure. Suddenly, the hail of gunfire from a German pillbox rips through Gravedigger's massive tires. We're down. I I think we're gonna have to... We duck down inside Gravedigger. We're gonna have to put the donut on. Which, in the disparity of size, uh, we might only be capable of doing donuts on a donut. It's, it's going to list pretty, pretty heavily to the side. <laughs> yeah, it's just one, one real small tire. <laughs> it's smaller than a normal tire. This doesn't look good. But then we see it. It's Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks and Vin Diesel. They're here and they're looking for a man named Private Ryan. Is this the real Private Ryan? It is. Because uh, when Tom Hanks makes a film it has to happen in real life, too. Yes, Saving Tom Private Hanks. Ryan was a promise. Big <laughs> was a promise. When he made that movie, he said, I promise that I'm going to save your son, Mrs. Ryan. Mm-hmm. And he was so in character that he spent the rest of his life trying to invent a time machine so that he could go back to the real D-Day. And really save Private Ryan for real. Just like George Washington and his one silver tooth, uh, Tom Hanks cannot tell a lie. That's right. And so he did, and he's here. It's an older, silver haired Tom Hanks, not the one you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel looks the same, though. And you think to yourself, huh. I guess Vin Diesel's always looked exactly the same. It's weird. It's true. They're both immediately mowed down in a hail of German gunfire. Well, as, as much as I uh, love Gravedigger, uh, do you think it would be possible for us to steal Tom and Vin's ride? 
Okay. It's a it's an amphibious landing craft. Okay. They were trying to blend in. And so we get into our amphibious landing craft. Up, up, and away. Oh, it's this, a tri- this it's amphibious. A, it's triphibious. Okay. So we float up. Just It goes straight up like a hot air balloon. We realize there's no real steering uh, mechanism. Just away we go. We wave no, goodbye to all those brave boys on the beaches. I do have one concern. And my concern has yes. nothing to do with, with, with the loss of American soldiers. My worry okay. is that this that this, am, this triphibious landing craft might not fit in my time garage. I might need a bigger time garage. Oh. Alright. Well, we'll have to figure that out along the way, I suppose. Yeah. I, I think we might have to have like a annex added into the time garage because I'd also like to to go back and pick up Gravedigger and do some do some repairs. But it, it, it's going to work out fine. We, we did a good job of uh, hiding Gravedigger in a, a giant sand castle that'll probably stick around for a long time. And now we're moving forward in time again. As we travel, we hear the echoes of history moving forward and back. It sounds like a rhythmic thumping. Are most of the echoes of history just uh, people saying hello Hello. and not being able to think of anything else to say when they're at a natural echo point? Mm -hmm. They're saying echo a lot, too. Yeah. You hear someone faintly say, Luke, I am your father. You say, that's... That's not an echo. That's not... There's no echo on that voice. He doesn't seem to care. And you wonder if you'd be happier if you were as stupid as that guy. That he doesn't overthink everything you think to yourself. Yeah. At one point in my, my life, uh, I knew... A guy who uh, looked looked a lot like the skipper from Gilligan's Island, and he really leaned into it, and he kind of dressed like the skipper from Gilligan's Island, and, and, and he, calling everybody little buddy. He did, he did, uh, and and then one day I, did he get was, hit on the head with a coconut and think he was Elvis? <laughs> he did, but. Uh, you know, I I tended to in, in, enjoy this weird man's company, but uh, he, he was a, a, a customer at a store that I worked in, and as soon as he would leave, all of my coworkers would say, "That motherfucker is dumb. <laughs> Fuck him." And I I was just the only one that was ever happy to see uh, this goofy uh, Alan Hale lookalike who was very happy to be a goofy Alan Hale lookalike. <laughs> so, you know, stu- stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> now our new amphibious, triphibious time vehicle is coming down through the clouds and we hear the echoes of time pulsing. It's getting stronger. It sounds like. And we look at the clock, the time dial on the dashboard. It's July of 1986. Through the mist, we spy Wembley Stadium. The stomping and clapping continues as a mustachioed gentleman in a pair of white striped jeans and a yellow leather jacket takes the stage. It's Freddie Mercury in his iconic performance. (laughs) He 
starts in with all the buddy, you're a big boy playing in the street, gonna be a big man someday stuff. People are losing their minds all around you, just screaming, they're crying. We've never heard a song about some guys who are gonna fight. They'll mess you up. And then, and then they've got something to say about being champions. We've never heard anyone be so triumphant before. Grown men are weeping. Elderly women are throwing their bras onto the stage. Yeah. We're Some people are here. farting and throwing up at the same time. <laughs> their bodies just don't know how to handle it. It is buck wild, to say the least. And Brian May, he's doing these guitar solos. People were like, what? The amphibious landing craft lands right on the stage, right right next to the drum set. And the big front ramp drops down, and out we stumble. Leonardo da Vinci, he's sitting there, he's still on his iPad. Hmm. Mm. He's such a good boy, you know. Sometimes, sometimes I think we should spend more time with Leonardo uh, da Vinci. He's growing yeah, up so he, fast. He likes the the sound of the of the rock and roll music is so it entrances oh. him. He finally he looks up. He's really getting into he, it. He's so into it. He comes, he pushes us out of the way and he runs out on the stage. He takes the guitar from Brian May. Brian May recognizes Leonardo da Vinci and he bows and hands him the guitar. And Leonardo da Vinci takes the guitar and he begins to solo like a virtuoso. Smoke pouring from his fingertips. <laughs> the audience has gone crazy. Brian May walks away bested, but in awe. He'll never play the guitar again. And so Leonardo da Vinci becomes the guitarist for Queen. He has the idea to incorporate several of his inventions into the band. They start, uh, Freddie Mercury starts coming out with an extra set of arms and legs in a big wheel just rolls out on stage naked like that. They hire uh, Mona Lisa. I feel bad for Brian May. Uh, would it be possible for Leonardo to build him an electric glockenspiel or something? Maybe we just take Brian May with us in the time. Yeah. In the time. He can he can come on the uh, Trifibius landing boat. <laughs> As we're taking off, we hear, as over the sound of Leonardo da Vinci just shredding, shredding away on that guitar, we hear him say to himself, If there's ever a terrible virus, I'll just invent a cure. Farewell. Goodbye. <laughs> well, I, I gotta say that I think that this was a, a very successful time jump. You know, a lot of things have gone wrong. Monkeyed with some things we maybe shouldn't have monkeyed with, but I think Leonardo's going to save our bacon. Yeah, seems like... I'm, I'm glad we kicked Snagglepuss out and took him with us. Yeah. And so now... It's time to return. We set the clock back again. To turn the time dial in our triphibious landing craft to the year 2021. And we fly in slowly. There it is, home sweet home, the good old U.S. of A. 
just the way we remember it. We fly over the Grand Canyon, take a quick duck under the St. Louis Arch, skim atop snow-capped peaks of the Appalachian Mountain Range, up through New England, taking the time to steer and go all the long way around so that we don't cross over Baltimore before landing in the greatest city in the world, Washington, D.C., America. Single tear trickles down my cheek. Brian May doesn't seem to get what all the fuss is about. He refuses to put his hand over his heart. Very disrespectful, Brian. Our amphibious time craft makes a perfect three-point landing Mm -hmm. in the reflecting pool of the Washington Monument. Its famous one silver block representing George Washington's famous one (laughs) silver tooth gleams in the moonlight. We're home, we say as we run out into the shallow waters of the reflecting pool. We're home. But then, as we look back behind us, we notice something is amiss. The famous Lincoln Memorial Building sits sits there. We climb the steps. As we climb the steps, something in the shadows beyond the pillars seems not quite right. We see a massive limestone throne, but upon it sits no bearded statesman, no stovepipe hat, no weird mole right on the crease of his face. No. Engraved there beneath the feet of the great stone figure. Exit stage left. (laughs) It's Snagglepuss. Addendum. Leonardo da Vinci overdosed on drugs in 1988 (laughs) and never succeeded in inventing anything. backfired on us it always does but I hope that it's time now to start to wake up from your nap but I don't want to wake up I don't want to eat my car oatmeal I want to I want to stay stay in the time garage with all, all of my friends and 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 not have to deal deal with the loss of Gravedigger. He's not coming back, is he? No. He's not, and so is 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 good of a vehicle as the Trifibius landing craft is. It can't do donuts. It can't douche people with mud. A single tear runs down cheeks Now you're telling me it's time to wake up? And now I have to wake up? It doesn't... It doesn't seem fair. We walk through the rain down the sidewalk of Wisconsin Avenue in Washington, D.C., mourning the loss of our friend Gravedigger. Why did why would we leave him behind like that? Why? Since we passed we the National We didn't Cathedral even dig building. him a grave. 
the bells peal out from the tower of the Washington National Cathedral, and we turn our heads to look at the bell tower. And there, upon a cross, the grave digger. Oh, man. That's right. Everyone worships grave digger in this timeline. I... I think that getting the stigmata would be a lot cooler than it used to be. Mm. Everyone, everyone inside the cathedral is taking the holy sacrament. As the priest says, take this. This is my dust that you shall eat. And then they take a, a little sip of gasoline. Hmm. No, it's a little, a little piece of uh, shredded rubber. Oh. And that's his body, little, right? His that's his, his body. Hard body. Yeah. That's you eat his dust, and then you, and then everyone passes around a rag soaked in gasoline, <laughs> and you all get a little whiff of it. And on Ash Wednesday, uh, you all uh, get your face blasted with coal from the, <laughs> from the exhaust pipe. <laughs> all right. And our journey has come to an end. Good morning. Wake up, sleepyhead. Come it's on. It's time to go. Come on. You you aren't in your you gotta car. Gotta wake up. Don't worry. You didn't you didn't fall asleep in the car. No. You didn't leave the garage door shut. That was just a weird dream. Yeah. I know you don't remember, but uh, you're home now. Yeah. Listen, some of the stuff that you dreamt about, you should write down, because you're not going to remember it like an hour from now. And it was bonkers. I don't know how to end this. Yeah. Folks, it's done. Finito. Completo. Thank you for listening. I'm Nathan P. Woodard. I'm Andrew James Estes. Good morning.